back, everybody, to another fun-filled episode of the We Are Adult Show, brought to you by Hoppyhead Productions. I'm your host, Sean. As always, across the way, Danny, how are you? Oh, man. I'm doing better than I was yesterday. I had, like, a small migraine, and it just sucked. I think my, I think I finally figured out that my migraine trigger, well, at least my major migraine trigger is just heat. Because mm-hmm. I just was like, I took a nap. And I woke up and it was just I was just like hot and then I just felt like shit and I tried to drink a beer and I like forced myself to drink some of it and then just drained poured the rest of it even though it was kind of amazing actually. <laughs> but I did uh, feel better at night when it cooled down and I did um, get under the wire at like the literally the eleventh hour. Um, my barley wine for the day and it was like eleven <laughs> night and I I just had a twelve ounce can of barley wine in there and I'm like all right. You just fucking just popped it like. <laughs> <laughs> yes and then when i opened the fridge to get the barley wine out one of the things that my wife warned me would happen happened um a random bottle of beer just jumped off the top shelf and out of my fridge hmm. luckily it didn't break but it like it landed on the bottom like it la- like a bottle flip perfect yeah. landing and it was a sour that I think um, re-fermented in the bottle anyways, and so it just kind of cracked a little, little, bit, little bit and spread all over my kitchen like I was uh, celebrating winning, like, the Tour de France or something. <laughs> so I had to catch that and, like, try to open it real quick in the sink. And then not my, my uh, kitchen smelled like uh, wine, grape wine for a little while because it was a wine barrel-aged beer. And so when it poured out, it had like chunks of grapes in it. I'm like, oh, so that's what caused it to re-ferment. Good times. <laughs> also, uh, so you had a bad day. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, it was pretty bad. But then, you know, I felt fine in the morning, so I was kind of out and I was thinking about it. You know, yesterday was uh, the 20th anniversary of 9/11, and I was thinking, um, has it been long enough that stores are able, are like businesses are going to start? Um, taking advantage of the of the quote-unquote day, holiday, to um, have sales? I don't think so. I, I got a couple emails from businesses to having flash sales yesterday. Wow. Right? I mean, I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, I guess there's, like, way to be respectful about it, because, but then there's also one way to definitely be super disrespectful about it. It's like, just like the towers, our prices are tumbling. Wow. Did I just get a is that, is that where we're going today? I mean, they didn't do that. So that, at least they're like, like at least, yeah, that's the kind of shit that goes through my mind. It's like, I'm just waiting for some company in a couple, like maybe five or 10 more years to use that as their um, yeah. sale leader. I mean, if we can't have D-Day sale, sales, then I don't think we should have 9-11 sales. I just want us to be consistent. And, 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 and even then D-Day was like, way way longer ago like most of the people that were around when d-day happened aren't alive anymore exactly or the <laughs> everyone day, or the day we dropped bombs on japan and created the anime universe yes somebody uh there's this uh, youtube channel that i follow just finds like the worst takes on twitter which isn't hard because there's a lot of bad takes on twitter mm-hmm. but regarding like anime and like video games and stuff and somebody uh made the uh, point that um, Japan just created anime to cover up for their war crimes. <laughs> so I'm like, I mean, if that's the case, then every country would have to make anime, right? Pretty much at this point. Well, maybe they tried and it failed. Or, you know, they just make, they just call it, they just um, have the super weebs make fun of it and say that it's not really anime because only real anime is made in Japan. Exactly. Which may come up later in the show. <laughs> Are we going to talk about Avatar being a, a, an anime or not? <laughs> one of the, one of the quickest ways to start a fight in a, at a at a um com, at an anime a, a convention. <laughs> right. Just yell your opinion either way, and someone will immediately yell back the other, and then you might even start like a weeb fight. <laughs> oh, so you chose violence today, huh? <laughs> There was never 
Peace was never an option. No. <laughs> oh, man. So what are you drinking today, Sean? Um, I'm drinking a beer. I haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> so how about I start with mine then, since mine's open and ready to go. So on the 15th of, of uh, what's it called? Barley wine. Danny gave to me. It's actually the 12th of barley wine, and today is National, National Grandparents Day. Oh, boy. Yes. So I'm drinking Windigo from Anchorage Brewing Company. It is a double-oaked black barley wine. Oh. So it's aged six months in Willet bourbon barrels, and then it's transferred to Woodford Reserve double-oaked barrels for an additional seven months. And, it's, of course, it's got, like, a cool, like, gothic-type skull drawing on it, because that's just how Anchorage rolls. I'm just trying to see the ABB on here real quick. It is 15.5%. Woo! Luckily, it's only a 12.7-ounce bottle. It's not the full, you know, um, wine bottle size beer. <laughs> I'm just glad many breweries have gone away from, like, needing to put everything in 750-milliliter bottles. <laughs> People getting too drunk. Can't, <laughs> can't even finish one bottle. Oh, man. <laughs> this yeah. thing, it's like... It smells good, but it also like the like the the bourbon burn just gives me the chills at the same time. Like, oh, like I'm both looking forward to and very apprehensive to drink this. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's super smooth. Definitely worth like I think I paid fifty dollars for this bottle. Yeah, because Anchorage isn't cheap. <laughs> it's, it takes a lot of effort to get things from Alaska to. Um, the lower 48, as they, as the kids like to call it. <laughs> Especially if you're a, 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 a senator from Alaska that got put on the no-fly list because you refused to wear a mask, and now you're complaining that you're stuck in Alaska and can't get to Washington to do your job. Sucks for you. Hopefully they have Anyone's... an attendance policy there. I know, right? <laughs> Sympathy or something. Probably not. You know, they make the rules, so if they make the rules, then they can just change the rules. Mm-hmm. Bastards. Oh man! So, yeah. So, did you finally uh, get your beer open, Sean? Oh, I I had it open when I opened it, and then you stole the show. <laughs> I'm not saying like open. I meant like ready to drink. Um, I cleansed my palate with water, and I am ready to drink this wild barrel uh, beer. So this was the other part of the two pack. I I had the other one. I don't know what episode it was, but it was a few episodes ago. Um. So this is the Vice Blackberry Peach. So this is a Sour Weiss-style ale with blackberry and peach. So, and let's see, Wild Barrel uh, Wild Barrel Brewing is in San Marcos, California. And it is a 5.2%. Okay, good. Not getting trashed like Danny. <laughs> yeah, that five percent or huh? <laughs> is that even a beer these days? Five percent. I remember the other one being not as sugary either. Is it was it the watermelon apricot? It may have been. I don't remember. Yeah, that would have been like like the beginning of August. So it's been almost pretty much exactly a full month since you've uh look at that. <laughs> this d- literally just tastes like blackberry and peach juice. Maybe a little bit lighter with like beer, but it's not sour at all, um which I think is I think it could use a little bit more I wish it was a little bit more sour, um just because it was uh Jesus Christ, this dog. That's why we can't have nice things, Mabel. That's the whole reason why you have pets is to make sure you don't have nice things. <laughs> you either have pets, kids, or nice things, but none of the three. Exactly. Choose, choose two. <laughs> you can only choose one You're... or two of the. If, well, if you choose pets and kids, then you can definitely not have nice things. If you choose pets or kids, you can't have nice things. <laughs> so I was, as I was saying, yeah, I wish it was more. Uh... I wish it was more sour. The beer is um, definitely uh, has some sweeter notes to it. So um, I think it's like, it's just like a hair too sweet for me. Like 
because you don't have that nice sour balance to kind of make it a little bit more even. But the blackberry and the peach do give it a very pleasant taste um, to drink. Nice. Yeah, I do. I do like um, that brewery. I haven't had anything um, displeasant from them. Yeah, I mean it's definitely not bad. I think it's just more of a preference of, you know, kicking up the sour a little bit to balance the the sweetness from the uh, the peach and the the blackberry. So, but definitely not bad. Oh man, that's good. I'm glad it's not like um like I said, I've never had one from there where you're just like, oh man, I think I need to go get um tums or I think I'm just gonna not be able to finish it because I don't want the heartburn. Yeah. Fair enough. So, one of the the running memes on the interwebs pertaining to McDonald's is that their ice cream machine is always broken. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it never works. And I think like even like one of them was like I can't, I can't I don't know if it was Wendy's, but they posted like at least our ice cream machine works. Like it was like one of the one of the um, franchises or something put put it on their sign. Yes, but. Come to find out, and this isn't just, you know, McDonald's corporate making excuses, but apparently the company that they um, got their ice cream machines from has, as part of the purchasing contract or whatever, that they're the only co- they're, they're the only company allowed to service the machines. Nice. So if, like, the machine goes down, then you have to go through the company that you bought, that, like, go, McDonald's has to call them and wait for them to come out and fix them. And so um, – I saw this headline on Reddit and it said that FTC is investigating the McDonald's ice cream machines. And I'm like, wait, why would the FTC care about the machines being broken? It's like, that's not business fraud. That's like bad business in general. Like, why would you lie about your machines being broken? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, I know. So then, you know, I actually, you know, unlike many people decided to read the article instead of just the headline. And they're actually investigating the company that makes the machines because I guess it's not just McDonald's and the ice cream machines that they're having issues with. It's uh, different companies. So they're trying to figure out why they're not letting the companies like McDonald's fix their own machines. Yeah. It's kind of like how uh, John Deere is right now. There's a big thing with John Deere because um, there's no authorized, like only John Deere can fix John Deere. Like you can't go to like a local mechanic anymore. Yeah. And so that's why like the price of like pre-computerized John Deere tractors have skyrocketed. Like they're almost as much as brand new, um, fancy machines. Um, but then other companies that are coming out and releasing, um, like jailbreak programming for the John Deere tractors, which is basically voiding the warranty anyways. But, you know, if you have a tractor that's down and it's like your main piece of equipment, like your combine for harvest and they're like, you call John Deere and they're like, yeah, cool. I'll send somebody out there in like four to six months. And it's like, dude, I need to pick my crops right now or they're going to, um, die and I'll lose all my money and probably like suffer immeasurably because of it. And they're like, yeah, sorry, there's nothing we can do about it. Four to six months. <laughs> so fucked up. Capitalism. Right. Woo. Right. So that's why like a lot of states and like they think they tried to push it through with Trump, but it got blocked with the whole um, right to repair where basically um, you can fix if you buy a piece of electronic like an iPhone or a John Deere tractor or a PlayStation 5 that you can take it to somebody and have them fix it. Um, but I, cause I also know like some places, some companies will put like the little like reflective stickers on the side and it says like, if the sticker is broken, the warranty is voided. It's like in pretty much every state that um, sticker doesn't matter. <laughs> like you can, you know, break the hell out of that sticker and they'll still have to honor the warranty. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a big thing with cars with, like, oil changes, too, back in the day. Like, I know if you go to some, like, oil change places, they have, like, it has, like, the the rule that says, um, like, you that they can't nullify your uh, warranty because you brought it there. So, I mean, I know it's, it's probably, it's probably the same kind of issues, but now we're looking at different things besides just, you know average day car right and i know like one of like the big you know people that are against big government talking points you know like they'll point out like to sell cabbage like the rules on the rule book to there's so many rules to on how to sell cabbage and it's like 
Yeah, but somebody didn't sit down there and some, in one day and write all those rules. It's like they wrote a couple rules and then somebody made a, a loophole to get around a rule and they're like, all right, fine, close the loophole. And they're like, all right, we'll do this now. And it's like, all right, fine, close that loophole. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that's, I guess, the the, benef- the beauty of capitalism is like anytime there's a rule made to stop a company from doing something shady, they'll just um, find a new way to do it or find a loophole or like the word is like, oh, but you didn't say you said we couldn't do it this way, but you didn't say we couldn't do this. Yes, exactly. And so that's when regulation just gets overbloated and overwhelming is when companies try to work around the rules and screw consumers over. But, yeah, so maybe if the um, that once the FTC investigation um, is concluded, hopefully um, McDonald's will fans will rejoice because then you can go get a McFlurry at any time of day except for. Apparently there's like the 24 hour McDonald's. There's like one hour every night. It's like somewhere between like one and three o'clock in the morning where like they re um, boot up their POS system. So you can only pay with cash. Hmm. And I remember going to when I used to work um, twilight and I'd get off work late and there's a McDonald's on the way home. I'm like, dude, I just want like a, d- a couple of double cheeseburgers. And it's like, Oh, we can only, you can only pay with cash. And I'm like, that's fine. I have like, a 20, I always had a twenty dollar bill with me, just in case. Of <laughs> You're a better man than me. They almost sounded, they almost sounded disappointed because, like, everybody else, would, like people were, would couple people in line with me in front of me would just take off, and it's like, oh, apparently they don't have cash. <laughs> it's like, shit, this asshole's got money. We gotta fucking work. <laughs> Spit his burger. This motherfucker. Does this look like spit to you? Ah, fuck it. I'm gonna eat it anyway. <laughs> It's for a police officer. Yeah. Oh, man. So Sony had their uh, PlayStation Showcase this week. Um, yeah, they did. Did you watch any of the trailers or any of the showcase? Um, I didn't watch the showcase, but I did watch um, some of the trailers. So I, um, this morning, woke up early, and like a good um, podcaster, I watched the entire 42-minute presentation. Wow, look at you fucking go. Which I'm glad I did, actually. Because part of me was thinking, when I first started, I was like, man, this is how E3 should be. Because it just it had this little cool intro about, like, like people playing chess, but in, like, real-life thing. It was actually pretty cool. And then, it like, the PlayStation symbol popped up, and then it just jumped into trailers. One trailer after the other. And then I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. But then part of me is like, wait... Maybe maybe a little info on the game would be nice. Like, come out and say, all right, this is the next game. Because then it's like, I'm on the trailer, and I'm like, all right, what's the name of the game? And it's like, all right, is that that's the name of a developer? All right, that's the name of is that the name of a developer? Or is that the name of the game? <laughs> um, but like near the end, they had a guy come up and kind of just talk about how you know their studios are you know um, groundbreaking like trying to new things with originality and entertainment and whatever and so but like literally out of the 42 minute presentation like a minute of it was talking and then like the two or three minute intro but the rest of it was just straight trailers Mm. um did any trailers stick out to you um i think there was a couple that i I was uh, surprised about uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remastered. That was um, that was a little surprising. Um, I didn't really think we would get that. And, it's, and it angered some Microsoft fanboys. True, because it was a um, I think it was exclusive on Xbox, and now it's an exclusive on PlayStation and PC. Hey, oh. <laughs> um, so it is a Bioware game, but they don't seem to be doing any of it. So I guess they just hired another company to redo it, remaster, to make the remastered version. So I right. thought that was kind of interesting because I didn't see any of Bioware's uh, information on there. And they're the ones that actually I... created the game. Yeah. The more you know. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, no, it... For those that don't know, Knights of the Old Republic, um, it is a a Star Wars RPG story. So if you think of Mass Effect in Dragon Age, but and Star Wars theme, um, so you could actually go and you you could get different pow- uh, force powers, and you have to make decisions, and you could join the light side or the dark side depending on your choices, and you get alternate storylines towards the end based off your decisions and 
you get companions that go around with you and stuff. Um, and you could romance different characters. So it, it's kind of a straight Bioware game, but, you know, Star Wars. So it's like it's like Star Wars but with Mass Effect. Um, yeah, basically. Um, uh, uh, the yeah. only thing I remember is the twist at the end. I don't really remember that much of the game, so I'll be curious to see how how this goes. Yeah, I, ne- I didn't play um, Knights of the Old Republic. It was the storyline is really good. You should definitely pick it up if you're a Star Wars. Well, I'm fan. going. To. I don't. I just didn't play it because. Um, I was at that point up. Uh, I only had the PlayStation. You were a PlayStation boy. Actually, I don't even think I had the PlayStation at that point because I went from like um, Super Nintendo to uh, PlayStation Three hmm. to um, uh, Xbox Three Sixty to and then current generations. Oh, maybe I had a PlayStation Two. You no, know yeah, because I had a PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three, and then I got the Xbox Three Sixty. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, any other games? Um, we got to finally see some more of uh, God of War, uh, Ragnarok, and you know everybody's and everybody's super pissed that Thor is a, uh, you know, when you think of Thor, you don't think of the uh, you know, Avengers Endgame Thor where he's got a giant pot belly and he's fucking lazy and sweatpants. Yes. <laughs> Yes, people people are mad. There's two things people are mad about. There's Fat Thor and there's a black character. Everybody gets so fucking angry about shit. And so he's like, wait, the game where they took immense liberties with historical accuracies, you know, in the past and nobody had a problem with it, but now they lose their shit when there's, you know, a black character. Right? Like what the fuck? And somebody even like I've seen a couple of different posts where people like fixed it and they like redrew her as white. And, like, redesigned her so that she had, quote-unquote, white features. Jeez, that's so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, I haven't played... I haven't played God of War since the first one. Um, is it still, like, just full of, like, quick-time event battles? Is that... Because that was the first game was, like... It was just, like, puzzle-solving and quick-time events. Um, I felt like... I've really... I only really played the new one. Um... And it feels like a normal like RPG. You know, you run around and you have you could you have certain combos and you could switch weapons and weapons do different damage type types to it. Um, there is some puzzle solving and stuff, but it didn't feel like it was a button smasher. Like because I mean everybody described um, God of War as a button smasher back in the day, and it's not like that. Yeah, because it was like one of the battles you're fighting something, and it was like. You know, you'd have to push, then, like, the prompts would pop up, and you'd have to put, like, um, Bayonet is the same way, where it's, like, it's just, there's not really a battle system. It's just, like, almost like rhythm game mm-hmm. battle systems, where you'd have to push the buttons in the right order in the right time. And it's like, dude, I'm not trying to play Dance Dance Revolution here. I'm trying to stab you in the face. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I mean, you do some dodging, you do do this or that, so it's not it's not crazy. Right. So they and then they announced uh, the Spider-Man Two trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that one doesn't seem too bad. Except like it was like it was a super teaser, pretty much. Mm-hmm. They revealed that Venom's going to be in it, and they also revealed that it's not coming out until 2023. Damn, that's a fucking long ass time to wait. And another game they had like the superest of super teasers, which, like made me super excited, like, really looking forward to this game, just based on the super teaserness of the trailer. Mm-hmm. And the way they did it was the, a Wolverine game. Yeah, no, the um, I remember playing the old Wolverine game, and it was pretty badass, so... Except for the pack part where, like, if you use your claws, it killed you. <laughs> they had to, like, um, like um, limit him somehow, so that was how they, like, gave him a weakness, was that using your claws uh, hurt you. Um, so did you see this trailer, Sean? The Wolverine one? Yeah, I saw it. It's, I mean, it's not much. It's just basically guy, a dude's walking, guy walks into the bar, pulls out a, a knife, and then Wolverine's just trying to have his wonderful drink. And then it's just like, as soon as his claw's about to pop up, it's like, you just hear like a, a, a sound, and then it's like, Wolverine! Like, you don't even... Yeah, his claw's pop <laughs> And then the trailer. 
Yes. And there's like bodies everywhere in the bar. Yeah. Like he's the only one alive in the bar. And then the song's like super sad. And then, yeah. I'm just like, oh yeah, that like I don't care, man. Like I just I want to know more about this game. And that's what a teaser trailer should do, right? Yeah. True. Like a teaser trailer should be like, oh, I know the plot of this game. Basically, it's like I know, and I'm sure the internet is pissed because they hate teaser trailers. They want to know everything all the yeah, time. They do. I'm sure there's a 20 minute video somewhere of this 12 second trailer where it's like the 2700 Easter eggs you missed in this 12 second Wolverine trailer. <laughs> do you notice that this guy this guy was dead, but his body was at a certain angle? That could only mean that the villain is going to be dark side. <laughs> and it's like, dude, it's just a dead body on the floor. Sometimes, you know, so relax, breathe. Um, we got exciting news. We're getting a new, uh, grand theft auto five remaster. Woo! I saw a meme kind of making fun of it because they pointed out like the review mirror, like view in this game. And then they can put it side by side with grand for uh, Forza three. And they're like, look at how much um, advancement we've made in technology in our video games. And it was like, the Grand Theft Auto Five was just like blurry and you couldn't see anything. And Gran Turismo Three, I mean, uh, Forza Three was like perfect. You could see the car behind you and all the detail of the track and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, another remake master we're getting is Alan Wake. I don't know if you played Alan Wake. No, I've never played the games. Um. We're getting a Tiny Tina's uh, um, expansion for Borderlands, which makes me almost want to play the game again. Is it an? Oh, it's an expansion. It's not a. Uh, it's not. I don't know. I hope it's a full game. I hope it's a full game because it looked. It looked. It looked like a full game. <laughs> I, I assumed it was an expansion, but now that you mention it, I, I'm hoping. And if it's a full game, then that's even better. I mean, yeah. So I mean, in in uh Borderlands 2 she had uh her own expansion pack which was really fun and this and in this one we're back into doing like kind of like a fantasy D&D but it looked like you could actually like when you logged in you had like way different powers and stuff like that yeah and like you were like kind of dressed up like the characters like in D&D and I like it's like um but why guns and it's like shut up and just start shoot keep shooting <laughs> That's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there were two trailers that, like, if I hadn't watched the full um, presentation that I wouldn't have looked for or even watched if they popped up. But they're games that kind of intrigue me. One is uh, Project Eve. Mm-hmm. It looks like it takes place in some sort of, like, um, apocal- apocalyptical type situation. Like, the world's destroyed and you're, like, fighting these monsters. Um, I don't know. The story, it looks kind of interesting, at least. Like, not necessarily that I'm, like, I'm going to buy it, but it it's something I'll kind of keep uh, an eye on to see what it's about. Yeah, that one looks pretty interesting. Um, I didn't get to watch all the trailers. Like the uh, the picture for uh, Ghostwire Tokyo looks rather interesting. Like the so I mean it. And then um, we got Guardians of the Galaxy coming out. So be curious how some of it's, that is. It's, so did you watch the no, trailer? No, I didn't get a chance. So one of the like one of the cool things is that they actually have Cosmo, the Russian dog in the game, doing his basically doing his job like he's like um, the um, Barbara Gordon's char- kind of character role in <laughs> nice. the Guardians, because he's not necessarily a fighter, so he just sits at the command station and tells them what to do and gives them help. But um, to me, the game looks like it's going to be. Um, and I don't, know if, I don't know if this is an insult or a compliment, but it's just a thing that it looks like it's going to be kind of a Far Cry clone in the sense that you've got funny jokes and um, you're fighting an evil cult that's trying to take over the world. Or in this case, the galaxy. So, mm. evil cult, funny dialogue. I don't know. It just kind of felt like if it wasn't, if it was on, like, it was in some back backwoods town. In the you know south or something like that, then it'd be Far Cry. It'd be a Far Cry game, not <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Fair enough. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but then the other game that looked kind of cool was uh, it's called Forspoken. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I meant to look it up and I forgot. There's that term for um, anime where it's like out of character, out of world characters. Isimagi, whatever is that what it is? Mm, I I think so. Something like that, but yeah. It seems like that, where this 
this woman wakes up and she's like, where am I? And it's like, is this earth? And the, like, there's a voice and it's like, it's, it's like earth, but not the earth, you know. And she's like, wait, who the hell was talking to me? And it, apparently it's her like bracelet. And so she has, um, um, powers and she has to fight dragons and stuff. And so I don't know, man, it's just like the combat system looked pretty fun. Um, just being able to like use magic and just destroy, um, dragons and other, um, big monsters um i don't know it just looked like i said it looked fun um isekai that's it okay i googled i'm i instead of i should have done it earlier but i did now it's isekai a game of a genre of fantasy anime where a character travels from a world they know to an unfamiliar one so yes it kind of is like that theme where she's kind of learning her powers and she's like wait can I fly? And the, the, the wristband thing is like, no, don't be ridiculous. And she's like, wait, I'm using, there's dragons and I'm using magic to destroy them. And you're telling me I'm being ridiculous when I want to fly. <laughs> um, we're getting a new um, Gran Turismo, not a remaster, surprisingly. Oh, you'll be happy. Um, vroom, vroom. I mean, Man Thing is definitely going to be happy. I've always been a, more of a fan of the Forza series because it's just a little more funded, but uh, yeah, Grand Tourism was pretty cool. Um, there's a weird Radiohead thing that I couldn't figure it out if it was a game or like a museum of just art. Like they just showed it real quick. Um, that game they showed more for the Death Loop game where it's like the you're a um, mercenary with time travel abilities, and so if you die or fail to kill your target, you can go back in time and start it over again. <laughs> So I'm sure that's going to be a um, mechanic that you have to use. I'm pretty sure there's probably going to be points where you can't kill somebody the first time through on purpose. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, there was no, no nothing looked bad, like, in this showcase out of the whole, all the games. There might have been a couple games where I'm like, oh, that looks cool, but I'm not going to play it. But nothing where it was just like, oh, this game looks like a complete waste of time and anybody that buys it is an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, no. Which, it was overall, it's a pretty good presentation of trailers. Yeah, so now I just gotta wait until someplace finally has a PlayStation Five in stock so I can buy one. <laughs> Fair enough. So I, do, I do have permission. <laughs> nice. I'm glad that you finally uh, you finally were able to get permission. Well, I've had permission since before it came out. I just wasn't able to get one, and I guess I haven't been looking like that hard yet. True. Especially since they can, they announced that um, um, Forbidden West got pushed back. Yeah, that's true. At least, but now so, it's coming out. Now the tick, now the time ticker's on. Exactly. The worst part is, is waiting to see if it's going to be something like we're going to have to wait for like Black Friday. Yeah, I'm thinking like one. Cause I remember one year when like the Nintendo's. Um, the Nintendo Wii was popular. Like, like the first couple of years it was out, I went to a GameStop, like the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and they had like three pallets of the of the of them sitting on the floor. And then I went back, um, like on Black Friday, like later in the day, and people were coming in like pissed because they didn't have any in stock. And it's like, dude, they had pallets of them like probably the whole week, and probably none of them sold until the day of Black Friday, because people are idiots and think they can't buy Christmas presents until Black Friday. Exactly. <laughs> But they literally had like three pallets of them just sitting there in the in the on the floor. They had like cleared out like almost all the other game displays and stuff. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, that's what you get for waiting until like three o'clock in the afternoon on Black Friday to try to buy a gift for somebody that's the hottest gift of the year. <laughs> right. It's, it's all somebody's fault, right? But not yours. So they uh, released. The trailer for the new Matrix movie, Sean. Are you excited? Or do you uh, not care? I, I guess I don't really care. Did you? I mean, it looks cool, but it's kind of become this thing where all of the cool groundbreaking special effects the Matrix did have become commonplace now, right? Correct. And so you can't, like, the first, like, couple Matrixes, people were, like, amazed by the special effects and then, like, almost like the story was kind of cool, but the special effects what carried it. So now you have to, um, you're going to have to rely way more on story. 
um, than you did, you know, before. I don't know. I mean, I like the first. I like. I, I've seen them all actually. I've seen the the full trilogy and the Animatrix. So I know I'll watch this, but I'm not like, oh my, I'm not as hyped as apparently Reddit is. So I guess I'm not a good Redditor. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'd be curious. I was waiting for the, uh, the like Mr. Anderson, and I never got it. So I was disappointed. Right. Well, this was also the first trailer. Yeah. So I'm sure, you know, by the second or third trailer, they'll blow the full load uh, and you'll see. The whole I just was waiting for just like. Mr. Anderson, just like, oh, shit, he's back. Right. You know, it's like people talk about like um, like actors that are like ultimate nerd roles, and he's one of them because he was in Lord of the Rings and he was in V for Vendetta mm-hmm. and a few other movies. Um, so, you know, he's got some nerd cred behind him. That's fair. That That's definitely fair so i watched the 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 disney pixar movie luca um it's pretty fun man like it we one of the controversies about this movie was that it's um like it just kind of released free to playstation i mean not playstation free to disney plus like it wasn't the disney plus premium and and it's a pixar movie so of course everyone just immediately was like the sky is falling like disney doesn't care about pixar anymore You charge money, you get shit. You don't charge money, you get shit. Yes. Um, but basically, it's literally a fish-out-of-water movie. Like, there's, like, um, sea monsters that live, you know, by this island, and then there's the humans in Italy, and they're both scared of each other. And, of course, you know, kids being kids ventures into the human world. So people were kind of already making, like, Little Mermaid comparisons mm-hmm. because of that. But... um like he what he didn't go to the human world to try to get laid. He he got he went there because he uh, wanted to experience freedom and stuff. Because his parents were like overbearing a little bit, like overprotective. Yeah. Um, it's set like in like the '60s, but it's kind of hard to tell until literally the very 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 end of the movie. In the credits, they show a scene where two of the characters are watching the moon landing together. Oh, wow. Um, but it's directed by, like, an Italian director, and, um, but then all the, pretty much all the actors are Americans, and so most of the movie they speak, like, American English, unless they, like, say something that's a definite Italian word, then they slip, they say it with the super Italian accent. Um, which is pretty funny, because, like, the main female character, she, uh, when everything happens, she, like, says like a saint like santa like saint and then like a type of cheese so like santa mozzarella santa ricotta <laughs> it's like it took me a couple of times like wait did she just say a cheese name <laughs> but it's i mean the characters are drawn cute um listening to um a podcast talk about it um there was like three hosts and all three of them got something different out of the message of the movie right like one of them got like and like, um, like the message about you know like uh, being a parallel to being gay and coming out. Another one got the message of like the immigrant experience, and another one just kind of got the message of being like the bullied underdog. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's not necessarily pushing an agenda. And I guess if you want to say it is, then you're just looking for it to be mad about something as opposed to just watching the movie and enjoying it and getting from it what you get from it. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's definitely a fun watch. Um, one of the you know one of the so the two main characters, two guys like, um, the one guy's kind of scared because his parents again are overprotective, and so the other guy's telling him that the voice in his head is named Bruno, and whenever you need to like um, overcome something, just tell it to be quiet. Silencio Bruno. So that became kind of the rallying cry of the movie, which made sense because we went last time we went to the Disney store before it closed forever. Um, all the Luca merchandise, not, not all, but a lot of the merchandise had that written on there. So it's like, okay, that makes way more sense when you see the movie. So, so DC released a trailer for a comic book, Sean. Which I was kind of surprised about. I thought it was, um, I thought we were getting like an animated movie for a second. Right? 
I'm like, because we are there is one, there is an animated movie coming out, but it's not this one. So I'm watching it and I'm like, why are we getting this? What is this trailer? And it, it's called Batman the World, and it actually looks kind of cool. It's like a 184 page like fancy coffee table type hardcover book, yep. um, where they um, basically gave a bunch of different authors around the world the job of writing Batman if he was native to their country. No, and it seems like they're all going to have their own kind of take and spin on it. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see like the different styles and different designs and the different enemies that kind of pop up from around this. Right, the different um, geographically specific issues that he has to deal with, you know, becoming Batman and training or whatnot. So I wonder how, and it probably depends on the. author depending on if they want how deep they want to go into like origins or if they just want to be like all right we're in russia and batman exists in russia he's fighting the russian joker or whoever he's fighting and story starts it's like we don't need to do batman origin 184 times yeah, right that's true hmm. especially if you only give in like um a limited number of um well i don't know if it's 100 actually it's 184 pages i forget they said how many authors but you don't need to do you know the bat, the origin story, however many times, if there's only 184 pages and your story is already like 10 pages and you have eight pages to tell your story in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then on the internet, um, there's a website that does free web comics and somebody wrote is writing a Batman family web comic. Really? webtoons yes i sent you the link i must have missed it yes um so it's called batman wayne family adventures and basically like the first three stories were released on the same day and so on the first day it's um the signal one of i guess the newer characters in the comics is moving into the wayne manor and so it's kind of dealing with like kind of just shows behind the scenes at home of the family. Like um, the second issue, like they're all coming back after completing a mission. So there's like Red Hood, um, Damien, Jason, you know, Tim Drake, Cassandra Kane, And they kind of show their name and what their um, like Mm -hmm. powers are or abilities are or whatever. And so there's like a celebration and the guy's like, wait, it's like, so if no one gets injured, um, Alfred bakes, pastries and there's like yes and his cookies are the best and so they look at the table and it's like wait there's one last cookie and so they're all fighting for the cookie and it ends up landing in uh, bruce wayne's hand and he's like looking at it and he looks at them and he's like all right come and get it and that's kind of when it ends <laughs> um i mean it's 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 lighthearted and funny it's as you know it's not like the serious brooding batman so if you want like angry you know dark knight you know um, Christian Bale Batman this isn't for you but it's definitely just a fun easy read it's the three stories probably took me less than five minutes to read mm, all three of them fair enough on webtoons.com um, we'll, Wayne family we'll, we'll post it in the discord yes and then you know going back to the Batman's brooding angry dark days they released a trailer for the Injustice animated movie which is going to be based on the comics more than the okay. video games but it still has the same story where the Joker kills Lois Lane and Batman becomes like, you know what? You, I give you all, all a chance to live your lives. I'm just going to I'm just going to um, force you to live the way I want you to live. And he, you know, through be, doing good, becomes the you villain. Mean, basically. You mean Superman, so, right? Yes, that okay. guy. Okay. Superman. So I don't think Batman would be that. I mean, he's not happy that Lois Lane was killed, but I don't think he'd be yes. that happy. That upset. I mean, True. so. Superman gets fucking so crazy, cray. Yeah, so now it comes down to can the Justice League take down the Superman when he's super pissed? <laughs> True. Who knows? Only time will tell. So, Marvel on the Disney Plus show, What If, kind of surprised us. Yep. I guess there's one episode left. So I guess there's only supposed to be six episodes. And on episode five, they released There's zombies. only six episodes? Oh, 
you ruined my day, Daniel. That's what I read. I could be Fuck. wrong. You were the worst. Because last time they said there was only so many episodes for um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they ended up being like one more than the internet said. So, But everything I saw said there was only supposed to be six. And they, they didn't have... The sixth episode, they didn't say what it was. It was like blinked out intention. Like it was, yeah. Like they're not spoiling it. Oh, jeez. Well, we did have three very, uh, you know, very dark and feels <laughs> shows. So we'll see what happens on this next one then. Yes. But what did you think of the zombies? I thought the zombie universe was pretty interesting. Um, I liked how they, you know, um, how they played it. I thought it was a good intro into it, and I thought, like, the story leading into it was, uh, like, how the zombie apocalypse happened. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, apparently, so, spoiler alert, two um, two of the five episodes, the shit went wrong because of a pimp. And <laughs> <laughs> uh... not in a fun... Like, trying to beat his wife, and then when she turns into the wasp, spray her with ant spray fun, kind of pem fun way. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, the ultimate universe. <laughs> Damn. I mean, that happened in the comics, right? In one version of the comics. <laughs> yes, but still, it happened in the comics, so... I think that's like, a lot of people were very unhappy with the fact that um, in the in the MCU that Hank Pym was a good guy. They're like, no, man, he's a piece of shit in the comics. <laughs> right. I mean, because even like in the in the other version of him, he he created Ultron so that he could destroy Ultron so that he could get on the Avengers because they wouldn't let him on the Avengers, and he was all sad girl about it. Jesus. So that's how Ultron came in the comics was that Hank Pym made him and supposedly like put a kill switch that he could activate when he quote unquote came in to save the day. But Ultron's AI got smart and like either destroyed or made like deactivated the kill switch. <laughs> wow. That's silly. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, like, I mean, this is a zombie movie, and, like, even, like, um, you know, minor spoiler, but Spider-Man isn't a zombie in here because somebody's got to, you know, be this guy, and he's, like, anytime somebody does something, he's, like, don't, don't you watch the horror movies? Yeah, exactly. That part was kind of fu- I did think it was pre- – this was probably the the, le- the most lighthearted out of the last three episodes. Um, even-, even though everybody's dying yeah. left and right. <laughs> and I don't just mean the Avengers, I mean the world. <laughs> Pretty much. So it was, uh, no. And then I thought the ending, I wasn't, I was not expecting the, um, the end. So I thought that was, uh, pretty well written as well. I was like, damn. Yeah. I know one of the, um, the internet complaints about the show and I don't know if they're serious or if they're like kind of joking, but it feels serious to me is that people are upset that they didn't get, um, Michael Pena to voice the watcher. Why? Um, you know, because how, how how good of a job he does in Ant-Man of, like, telling, like, recapping stories. It's like, anytime a story is recapped in the MCU, they wanted Michael Pena to do it. And it's like, yeah, he works for Ant-Man. I don't think he works, especially not in the, in the, in the, um, what if, because the Watcher is supposed to be, like, a serious, dignified exactly. character. Not there for yucks. No, not at all. I do really like how he, like, randomly shows up in the background, and you just see, like, a light frame of him and just his eyes just watching. And yes. then when he was fucking telling off um, Doctor Strange, that was pretty good, too. I'm just hoping... I don't know, I don't know what the story will be, but I'm just hoping that they do fit one classic, iconic Watcher scene from the comics. Um in the last episode where like, I don't know if it was like world war Hulk or one of them, but Hulk gets pissed and just jumps up and punches the watcher. Oh, that's pretty funny. Like, I know it's like, um, you know, lighthearted and, but it's like, all right, that's just one little scene. It's not the whole, like my, the whole series of Michael Pena, you know, talking fast, you know, adding, you know, details or emphasizing unimportant details. 
you know, and I think the character they got is, you know, after the series, like has established himself um, as like Morgan Freeman, um, James Earl Jones level of voice actor talent. Um, Jeffrey Wright, who's also like, make, like seeing this also makes me want to watch um, the Batman movie that's coming out because he plays Commissioner Gordon in the movie. Oh, okay. And I also read something that the director or somebody from involved in the movie came out and said that basically the Batman movie is going to be straight up horror movie because it's supposed to be uh, the long Halloween is the story oh, nice. they're telling. So I don't know if you can handle it with your um, squeamish sensibilities. Sean. <laughs> you might need to bring somebody. To I mean, to oh, scary. <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> Oh, yes, exactly. Spooky, scary skeletons. Spooky, scary skeletons. And make sure when you're watching your, uh, when you're watching it with your pumpkin spice latte wearing your Uggs. (laughs) And your Han Solo vest. Oh, with my pipe. (laughs) Yes. I saw, I saw somebody's like, can someone please ask the witches to go to the woods and perform their ceremony to make fall start? I'm tired of being hot and sweaty. I just want to like put on a blanket and be comfortable. <laughs> oh, jeez, 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 jeez. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, dude. It was a hundred. It's supposed to be a hundred degrees again today. Yeah, I mean, no, I just can't. I can't do it. Like it's too hot right now, man. It's like ninety. But you, you picked a good time to come out because it's supposed to be like in the low to mid 80s oh, when you're out perfect. here. So it'll be an average temperature day <laughs> out here. Yeah, but it's not going to be it won't. It's not going to be 100. Or yeah, like it has been the last like five days. OK, I'm glad about that. I was getting a little worried. <laughs> yeah. And then it's going to drop down to like the 50s at night as opposed to like the 70s. Jeez. Oh, Jeez. So. So you uh you did some reading, Sean. You proved that you have some literate hey, abilities. I only read when there's pictures uh, involved. Of boobies? <laughs> I guess technically there was pictures of boobies, but not in like a, a good sense. Um, so I ended up reading the Goblin Slayer Volume 10 that came out um, at the end of August. I I don't know why I didn't read it. I didn't notice that that it snuck on by um so basically where the manga is right now is we're wrapping in at least the english version um we're we're basically doing the story arc that takes place in the um goblin slayer movie uh that came out so and so it's definitely like um Definitely enjoyed reading reading this volume, comparing it to how the movie went. So I kind of know what's going to happen, uh, but just the more intense and serious, uh, you know, drawings versus versus kind of like the you know more colored pictures, uh, the movie. So, um, but no, it was uh, you know we're we're trying to we Goblin Slayer rescued this uh, adventurer, and now they're trying to get back into the castle that they've overtaken and trying to survive. And it kind of ends, ends with them kind of, uh, kind of escaping and getting ready to, you know, fight the uh, main goblin villain uh, right now. So basically like after I think the next book, like hopefully the anime's here, cause I don't know what else happens after that. Like I'll be in the dark. No spoilers for you. Or all, or everything will be spoilers. Yeah, basically. I mean, I could go and try to start reading the light novels, but you know, there's too many words, not enough pictures. Yeah, it's 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 kind of ironic that they're called light novels because there's nothing light about them compared to the manga. Yeah. Yeah. So. (laughs) But um, speaking of earlier on the show when we were talking about um, the. the starting fights with calling the avatar an anime or not. Um, they have, they re they released two different books and the first one is called rise of 
Kiyoshi. So Kiyoshi is a avatar before Aang. So uh, basically it went Aang and before him was the, uh, the fire avatar. And I don't remember his name off the top of my head. And then before him, it was Kiyoshi. So it's very interesting because we're going back into the past and we're learning about a new avatar. Um, and I'm only about 30% way through the book. I have it on audio, audio tape. Uh, but I think one of the most interesting things about it is, you know, the airbenders had like a system on figuring out who is the avatar through picking toys. And, um, you know, so Aang was already the avatar. And then when the fire nation attacked the temple, like he got flung into the water and he went to avatar state and froze his, uh, froze his, um, you know, his body to live. And he woke up like a hundred years later. And then later on, um, we, we get the next avatar, which is Korra and which is a water from the water tribe. And, you know, so Aang's like this, you know, peaceful monk. And then we get Korra and she's just this fucking badass, like, I'm going to fuck shit up kind of avatar. She's very talented at bending and, and whatnot. And like, even as a child, she's like, um, when she was like three, she just like the people that are looking for the avatar. They're like, oh, no, our daughter's the avatar. Don't worry. And they give her like the the, the people give her parents a smug look of, of course, your child's the avatar avatar. Cause everybody says that Cora just fucking comes in earth bending, shooting fire, wind, water, just going all crazy as like this little three year old kid. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Kiyoshi who's basically um, ba- not very confident at all. Grew up on the streets. Doesn't really have a family. It's kind of working as a servant under this false avatar it's it's so different and it's and it makes it i think so much more enjoyable because like um the the author and it's an it's not the it's not the author of who wrote the um the last airbender and airbender they they're allowing somebody else to write the story um but man um he did such a fantastic job setting up like the background for um, Kiyoshi and the way that everything is starting to kind of roll out, it's just so much more different and complicated than the other two avatars. So definitely, if you have uh, some time to read or um, or uh, got time to you know you listen to an audiobook, this is definitely something to listen to, especially if you're a fan of the Avatar series. And don't like actually like looking at words. You have to, and you just want to listen yeah, to them. I'm just listening to it. I don't want to read, but you could read if you wanted to. You could, you know, if you wanted to be like, you know, like do the Inception thing, like a book and within a book, you can just read along with the audio. <laughs> I guess I could do that. <laughs> did you? Who did, do they have? Somebody like like known doing Not the voice? Not that I know. No, I don't, I don't know who she oh. is. I could probably look it up and see if I know, but just the name and the voice doesn't sound familiar at all. Right. Okay. Um, like it's kind of, it is kind of cool when, and I know this is impossible because um, it's a fictional character, but it is cool when like the person who wrote the book does their own voice audio for it. Like I know um, like uh, Maynard James Keenan did a book of his life and he narrates the audio book. And I guess in the audio book, he kind of goes off on little, uh, tangents and goes into a little more detail on some of the stories mm, in the book interesting um but it would be it would have been cool i guess to get like the voice actor of the character of like one of the characters or something like that to do the voice actor for mm-hmm. the book voice mm-hmm. or the read i guess the, and and the but, other part that i would say is cool too is keep in mind in the in the last airbender we're very portrayed that the fire nation are bad people. So with this being legend of Korra and being before fire Lord Uzu, it, I think that's how you, I think that's his name. Well, before the fire Lord starts fucking shit up, he's not even in the picture. So it's so far back that like, it's interesting listening 
to everybody be so much more respectful and friendly. Like one of the one of her friends is a firebender, and like you know, and okay. has like the fancy armor and stuff like that. But there's no like, but there's like no hate against like the Fire Nation or anything. So it's it's an interesting kind of like universe. That makes sense. Yeah, I was like uh. Like, prequels are cool if done right, where it's, like, you can do whatever crazy shit you want as long as, like, the end of the story lines up with the beginning of the next, yeah. like they did. Like, some of the some of the stuff worked, but didn't, and some didn't work in the Star Wars prequels, but as long as, like, you know, Darth Vader's, like, um, Anakin's light, lightsaber ended up somewhere that Luke could get it, and, you know, other yeah. things lined up. Like, and Luke ended up on um, Tatooine and um, Leia on um, yeah. Alderaan. I mean, there were some issues that probably, like, they, they uh, you know, didn't um, account for, like, how, um, you know, Chewbacca gave uh, Yoda a piggyback ride, but also didn't know anything about Jedis, or how, you know, Yoda grew up on Coruscant, lived on Coruscant, the most technically advanced planet in the in the galaxy, <laughs> but then was, like, confused and sh- surprised by a flashlight. Yes. So, you know... Just things like things. that. <laughs> little things. <laughs> Unless, of course, you know, like the argument can be made that he was just acting a fool to test yeah. Luke. True. But then, you know, the rest of the rest of the like training didn't necessarily completely mesh with the acting part because once Luke figured out who he was, then he could have stopped acting. <laughs> oh man. So I did something this week, Sean, that I have have not done before since we, the whole time we've oh, done this podcast. Oh I um, and it's not a major accomplishment. It's just I was actually kind of surprised that I did it, and um, I actually binge watched an entire twenty six episode anime in one week. Jesus, I know. <laughs> I don't know what I. What did Solid Snake do to you? Was he just at your house every day with like a gun? He was out front and wanted to, like, like he was knocking on the door, come out and play. <laughs> and I'm like, just turn it up louder. I can't hear you. Anime. <laughs> um, and part of it was, like, this is a very, like, easy, light con- to consume anime. It's called Made mm-hmm. Sama on Netflix. And it's just, like, the super Sundari anime where... And it's like reverse harem. It's like Sundari, Sundari, slash reverse harem. So there's a school that uh, was all boys, and they decided to make it co-ed. And the student body president is this girl that hates boys. Like she just wants, like basically, she wants to kind of turn it into an all-girls mm-hmm. school. And there's this one character that her and her, them kind of they butt heads and come to find out that she has a second job that she's embarrassed about and her family, her dad ran out on her family. And so they're kind of poor. And so she works a second job at a maid Mm -hmm. cafe. And so of course this guy finds out and you know, the whole series is him, like her, like trying not to let anybody else find out that she works at a maid cafe. Of course, you know, more students find out and there's, you know, hilarity ensues with that. Um, But when she's at school, she's like, you know, the, the beast, like everyone's scared of her. And then, you know, they go you know, at the maid cafe. She's like super sweet and, you know, oh, how can I help you, master? Um, but then, you know, she's wor- like I said, con- worried that like certain people are going to find out that she works there. So um, it's like um, it's not like individual episodes. It's all kind of carries on. Um, but there are, and there are a couple episodes that are like little mini um, sub stories. in. so there's like two or three part episodes. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's weird. It's like a light, easy-to-consume story, but there's a lot of story there. It's not like it's just um, filler episodes all the time. Like, there are all this, you know, even the filler episodes kind of progress the plot of the, sh- mm-hmm. the show and the characters. Um, but it was just fun. It was super lighthearted, super easy. Um, the characters are pretty much all likable. Like, at one point, like, the three, there's like the three school, like, thugs, that she harasses for always being out of uniform and like they find out she work they work there. She works there and like the other guy convinces them to keep it a secret and they become her like biggest maid fans and show up all the time. And like, 
embarrass themselves practically with how much they love her as a maid and like protect her secret. <laughs> um, did you ever watch any of laid back camp? No, I, I didn't. So it's kind of like how in kill a kill, how like the animation style changes. Um, and this one, it goes from like regular, like the regular style drawings to like chibi ish kind of laid back camp does it too, to like, show cute, more cute scenes or more cutesy type characters or something. Um, so they kind of do that. Like when the got three guys like are at the maid cafe and something, she does, like she comes up to greet them and they get all like, Oh my God, she's there. <laughs> so they turn all like ish yeah. and cute <laughs> from their like original, like thug like behavior. <laughs> but yeah, it's 26 episodes, but it's just, it's, it's 26 fun episodes. Mm. Like you don't feel like, it's not an anime where you like at any point if somebody walked in the room you have to justify what you're doing, you know. Always have those memes where it's like me watching an anime and it's like I will fight you, I will this, and then it's like when my parents walk in the room and it's like somebody trips and falls and lands in the girl's cleavage or something, <laughs> and the parents are like what the hell are you watching? And it's like no, no, it's not like this normally. It's never like this. Yeah. So, yeah, Made Sama on Netflix. Definitely recommend it if you just want to watch something to cleanse your uh, palate of having a shitty day. Because you had a bad day, you had a migraine, you broke a beer. Especially if, if, you, especially if you, after listening to this show, if, you know, any episode, you just want to, you know, get this dirty taste out of your mouth. <laughs> Rinse your hands clean of this sin. Exactly. <laughs> But if you're the devil's child and you want more, you can follow us on Pine Bean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, on our Discord, Facebook, Instagram, all those fantastic places for your sins. Look at that segue, man. 1% better this year. We have did it. I, can't, I, I was hoping you would, I would set you, you would take that setup that I gave you and hit it out the park, and you did. You nailed it. Oh, I'm proud of you. Pat my back. Don't, don't break your arm. <laughs> You're getting to that point now where, like, if you pull, if you if you hurt your shoulders patting yourself on the back, it's going to be there for the rest of your life. You're not going to recover as quickly as you did when you were young. True. Like, oh, I pulled my arm. I I, I slept wrong. Now I'm going to hurt for a week. <laughs> as opposed to, I fell off my bike and landed and hit my head, and my stomach landed on the the pedals, and I can't breathe. But I'll be fine, like in five minutes. <laughs> Too funny. Uh, all right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Later.